A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Hello, chickens. <laughs> um, now we have seen the trailer. Um, I'm t- I'm calling myself Wee now. Uh, like I'm the queen. I'm a queen. Uh- <laughs> oh my god, I'm losing my mind this week. Uh, so I had a look at the trailer, and I mean it's very short. Um, and uh, there's not that much to it. The most exciting part is we see that David Tennant is having lots of energy bleeding off him. Um, so obviously, and the sound of regeneration is happening. And then we see Shudi Gatwa in the new TARDIS set. So obviously they're keeping that one. Imagine if they only built that set for the three specials and then blew it up and then gave him another one. Which, didn't they do that with Matt Smith? Didn't he have a set for, like, just one season and then was on to another one? Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's uh, yeah, it's, what is going on? So, the end of Wild Blue Yonder, uh, it looked as though there was, you know, some kind, it was kind of like The Purge. <laughs> sort of situation like there was someone waving a flag there was you know a plane crashing there was a whole lot of stuff going on but it looked like there was some kind of uh it looked like there was something competitive happening i don't know was am i reading too much in am i applying too much because i know that the toy maker is uh in the next episode I don't know what's going on with Neil Patrick Harris's accent because one t- in one of the trailers he's kind of got sort of a Germanic accent. In this one he sounded quite British. I know he's great at a British accent. He is in he plays a, a rather uh, central character in Russell T Davis's It's a Sin, um, uh, which is 
wonderful and beautiful and but also quite harrowing uh and very adult series that i think is on stan um but it is yeah like he's great in that so i know he can do the british accent i know he's great at that you know what's weird is like i i still don't associate him with his character from uh how i met your mother like it is i know it's the same actor but it's such a I don't know. It's such an all-encompassing and kind of grotesque character. I now I I'm not a big How I Met Your Mother fan, but it was a topic that I had to work on on Hard Quiz. So I watched a lot of it because um, that's your job uh, when you're researching. You can't research a show and not watch any of it. Um, <laughs> you can try, but. You know, you just don't get a sense of things from just reading books about it. Like, if you only read books about Doctor Who, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't understand the weird quintessential excitement of it. Um, but, yeah, so I, I just, I don't know why it is I cannot associate him with that character, even though I know, I mean, I guess that's a really good performance. That's a great character actor performance in that he played that character for what was it, like 11 seasons or something, nine. I kind of remember that show was on forever. Um, and I just don't think of Barney uh, and his bro code as being anything to do with Neil Patrick Harris, who seems like such a sweet man um, and does musicals and stuff. So yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's a strange situation. Uh, I did see him do a musical. I saw him do company. Um, I mean, it wasn't live. It was one of those ones that you go to the cinema to see the play in the cinema. Anyway, he's very good. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, the, the, the trailer is interesting. It's, it's, it's kind of just, you know, it's, it's the toy maker doing the marionette thing. The doctor has the marionette cables on him. So I, I'm guessing it's just going to be some weird thing where he's created a situation where the entire world has to play some game, uh, which somehow involves killing people, which is frightening. I've been reading a really intense graphic novel uh, about a similar kind of thing. In uh, It's called Spectators by Brian K. Vaughan, who wrote uh, Runaways, and he writes Saga, um, which is illustrated by Fiona Staples. Um, and this is, again, it's one of his creator-owned projects. He also wrote Paper Girls, which is a great series. Um so, yeah, Spectators is illustrated by Nico Henrichen, uh, who I think I'm saying the name wrong, um, uh, who drew, the, they worked with um, Brian K. Vaughan on a, a graphic novel called Pride of Baghdad, um, which is about uh, some zoo animals that escape from the zoo during the bombing of uh, Baghdad uh, during the Gulf War. Like, it's a really intense and full-on series. Um, but, yeah, so this is a... and it's a, So, it's a comic book on Substack. Like, you can subscribe to it. It's free. Like, you can read it for free if you if you want. There's, like, nearly 200... Like, it's going to be about 300-something pages. There's about 200 up already. And it comes out, like, one or two pages a week, which I'm kind of used to because that's how I used to read, like, 2008 um, in the old days. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, like, it's a, a, a kind of fascinating thing. It's of seeing... And it's also, like, difficult because in America it's such a thing with the, you know, the massacres and the just the gun deaths. It is frightening. It's something that we 
in Australia can't understand because I mean we have had it happen, but we had that huge moratorium and gun ownership is almost non-existent unless you're like a hardcore criminal, I guess. Um, but yeah, it just it just doesn't happen that often. But yeah, seeing it in this comic, it's it's kind of grotesque and it's horrible, and but also treated in a voyeuristic way. Um, which is why I was kind of like reminded of like, you know, the purge kind of thing when I saw the end of Wild Blue Yonder. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm very excited for next week. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts and your theories about what you felt about Wild Blue Yonder. I've still got heaps on, uh, the Star Beast to get through, which we will no doubt get through, uh, once we've finished all three specials. But I was just so fascinated with Cassidy's take on it that I had to, you know, really delve into it. So that's that's a, what we've ended up doing all week. And I hope, if you've got any reactions to that, I would love to hear them as well. Um, uh, I One of the things I loved about The Wild Blue Yonder, while we're here talking about it, uh, I love that it reminded me of one of my favourite episodes of Doctor Who, which is the Ark in Space. Um, now, as the Ark in Space goes along, uh, there are heaps of characters in it. But the first two episodes is essentially, uh, it's the Doctor and Sarah and Harry. And it's, you know, it's it's Tom Baker's first story, uh, first travel, travel, first trip in the TARDIS, uh, essentially. So, it's his first story off in space and time. Um, and it is... It's just them for the first couple of episodes, and it's amazing. And it, 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 and I feel like you know, Wild Blue Yonder really recaptured that kind of creepiness of being completely alone, not really knowing what's going on. I mean, there was the weird, goopy, gross uh, <laughs> creature crawling through the vents at the start of that episode of um, the Ark in Space, but for the first couple of episodes, it's just them getting attacked by an electronic thing. Um, like, the the ship itself is hostile to them. Uh, but, yeah, I I did love that that whole... that process of discovery. Like, because the TARDIS is gone, they don't understand what the words are. Um, the Doctor has to work out the base code to work out how, you know, what are the symbols mean in the chair. He's like, well, they're, they can sit here. Like, I really did love that part of it. Like, I thought that was fascinating. Um... Yeah, there's so like there's a lot I want to dig into. Another another thing I was really intrigued by, and again I feel like this is Russell T Davis, you know, firing on all cylinders again and making comment on a second level, which you know I feel felt like kind of fell away a bit towards the end of his run as a showrunner. But you know the the copies of the Doctor and Donna, they can't get the hands right. And I feel I felt like that was like a you know like a little bit of a dig at AI um, and how artificial intelligence you know that's one of the, the problems they have is when the, you see the hands um, just are not okay like it's it's just like it, it can copy an entire painting and make you know brand new artworks but it's just like why does that person in that painting have 87 fingers um like it's just it's a it's a weird thing you kind of go oh is is this a kind of a comment on uh the the kind of uncanny weirdness that you get from you know something artificial trying to take on uh human life um another thing i was i thought was fascinating was that the creatures that were pretending to be the doctor and donna that were trying to take over their bodies 
were talking about coming to Earth and playing games. And I'm like, ooh, are they somehow involved with the toy maker? And the doctor with the salt saying, ah, I invoked a superstition in the middle of nowhere. I'm worried that I've brought something. You're like, ah, this is all leading to a thing. Uh, And I wonder if the toy maker is the boss of the meep or is the boss of the meep something that's going to turn up in Shooty Gutwas. Uh, time as the doctor. Who knows? I would love your thoughts. I would love your theories. Uh, get them all to me however you can. Theory at adamrichard.com.au or you can join my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash adamrichard. And uh, this week I'm looking back at the entire run of Liberation of the Daleks uh, to see how I feel about it as a whole big comic. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.